Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my initial impressions and review of the revelry. It was about a 50-50 down the middle. Good things, good ideas, but there's a lot of, I think, missing elements to the content that would make it significantly better. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Uh, those are usually hitting the feeds whenever I'm live. So if you're listening to this, you can probably catch me live right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, hitting the like and subscribe button is a free and easy way to support me. So we're going to be playing through the Verdant Forest while we're answering these questions. I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, Dylan, Dylanor, compared to Haunted Forest, what do you like better or worse? Primarily, I like the fact that we can just stay in here as long as we want. There's no timer, okay? I do like that aspect of it. Okay? That's a good thing. Um, what I what I don't like is there's no soft enrage to push people into the, the boss fight. So if you're matchmaking, it's really easy for you to get kind of like stuck if people are like refusing to jump off and wipe or letting time run out now obviously if you jump off and your buddy jumps off you can uh you can you know easily make it make the whole thing kind of come to an end but it's it's i mean two people could probably keep it going for a pretty long time if you you know you solo queue and end up with with a pair of dudes i mean milo and i could have done that to that guy earlier we could have just kept going and he would have never he would never been able to end it. So we're all jumping off right now because we're a team and we know that around 15 or 16, we're going to the boss, right? So when I think about um, when I think about content like this, that is one of the things that I think about. I think about like, you know, is it is it designed in a way that repeating it will be enjoyable? And I just feel like they kind of missed the mark here because they did say, all right, there's no timer. You're not forced to leave. You can stay in. Uh, and then, you know, th- but then they don't, there's no intentional loot grind. There's no, uh, there's no, um, there's no like guaranteed trigger to even get in there to get into the boss fight. So if you're, again, if you're matchmaking, you can kind of get held hostage. And I think that's probably pretty annoying to people. Cause it's like, well, uh, I'm not getting out of here anytime soon. These guys are on wave, you know, 39, and uh, I guess we're we're just gonna keep going, and we're not gonna stop, you know. And then you get stuck, and you can't, you know, you can't get free of of whatever's going on. So when I compare the two, it's just like they did the literal, you know, they did the literal wish grant again. It was like, well people want to stay in for forever well yeah you can stay in for forever now there's no real reason to stay in for forever uh and if you match make staying in for forever can be actually kind of more of a headache than a blessing because you, you can have people basically deny you like i said just two people uh just two people could keep you in here for for you know an eternity um, and that would, that, that's, you don't want people feeling like, again, we've talked about this before where they, they create public events and other things where the behavior and decisions of other players can negatively affect you. And I feel like we're in another scenario where that, you know, where that's happening. And, and I, I hope that people generally have a better experience than that, but that, that's where I would compare the two. If Haunted Forest honestly would have done, if Haunted Forest would have done and said, 
every boss that rotates, every boss that spawns is different, and he has like a different, you know, he has a different um, potential, you know, weapon to drop. I think Haunted Forest was very, very close to being almost perfect. Um, this is this is close as well because this is kind of like if you, all you got to do is you know grind it, grind it, grind it, and then go. And then, you know, and then go into the, uh, the boss fight and there's five bosses and all these chests opens. Like this feels more rewarding. You know, you get to the end, you're like, holy cow. You know, it's the journey is actually the real problem here. The journey doesn't make sense. They don't, they don't give you, they don't give you a whole lot of incentive or reason to go really, really far. Um, that took us 32 seconds off our timer to finish that. Yeah, if you're farming the ads, it's not it's not really that difficult. So that's one more triumph done, and I need aim one more triumph, and I believe if I can go do grenade kills in a strike, and I'll just farm uh, a lost sector for that. So I appreciate you guys jumping in and helping out those that were playing with me. Uh, when did you first start streaming? I just celebrated three years of partnership and four years of streaming uh, like a couple, like a week ago, week or two ago. Uh, serendipitously, it was uh, Borderlands was what I kind of primarily built my stream with in the beginning. And uh, we, we are very excited to have a new Borderlands on the horizon. We've gotten some codes and some nice treatment from Gearbox and 2K. We're very appreciative of that. Uh, and we have, uh, we've been doing some Madam Crumpet streams in the evening. So that is when, uh, that is when I started streaming. And, uh, it's been, it's been a good time. It's been a really, really good time. It's been, it's been a lot of fun to, to grow the stream and things have changed significantly, uh, with the stream. We've, we've, we've done a lot with it. We went from being a primarily like a Borderlands stream to trying variety to landing in destiny to doing service streams to trying to do more of the uh to trying to do more of like the talk show style um and I think we've had a really really good time with it and the more the more that the more that I I try new things and the more you know uh different places that I go uh, I've been I've been having a good time and we've just signed with a you know talent agency and they're you know they're doing great things for me they're reaching out to companies for me and renegotiating sponsorships trying to find me new sponsorships trying to get me into shoutcasting hosting interviewing all those things I want to do so it's been a really really fun ride and um we've kind of come full circle I kind of started out on my own and I've kind of gone back to being kind of on my own we were doing like the networking thing, like friendship thing, and uh, it just didn't pan out. We had a lot of uh, there's a lot of people in the industry that they just sort of their friendships are very transient and not real and not genuine, and um, you know there's just been a lot of that going on where I've shifted back to kind of being on my own uh, and. I've got I've got people that are true and genuine like on my podcast like Webski and 30 and so gaming and Clintus like those guys you know they've been they've been good friends for a long time especially 30 and so gaming and Webski they've been on the show since the very very beginning when it first started three years ago um, so I do have friends in the industry and people that I like to do stuff with and I miss it I you know in streaming for four years there was a time there where I felt like every day we were doing different things and playing with different folks uh, I miss that aspect um 
of of uh, of the streaming world. That is that was something that was enjoyable. Um, but you know, you live and you learn. I've gone through some. I've gone through changes too. Like I like I'm probably like I said I'm probably gonna try and do like a a mental health talk where I talk about you know I've been in therapy for a year now. Uh, in a couple of weeks it'll be one entire year, and I've made significant changes in my life. You know, I had patterns of behavior that were unhealthy. Um, and things that, you know, I learned about myself and the way I treated friendships and the way I treated those environments, you know, was, was bad. Um, I put too much stock in certain things. Um, and it led to a lot of anxiety and a lot of anger and resentment. So, you know, it's been, it's been four years of streaming, but it's been like the last year has been more about like learning, uh, and growing both the business, but both, you know, and, and as a person, um, and it's been it's been really enjoyable. I've I've met a lot of dope a lot of dope people. We've got a lot of great people here in the stream. A lot of great mods um, and friends and people that have stood by me and kind of helped me get through some stuff. Uh, so you consider therapy? I mean, if if you're talking to somebody in chat, um, I uh, I if you if you're talking to me, I've been in therapy for 12 months. I've been seeing a therapist every other week for close to 12 months now, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, so, I carried really really unhealthy habits and problems like into my adult life from like high school. Like I went through some bad bad stuff in high school, and uh, it's been good to it's been good to find clarity and healing. Uh, and it wouldn't happen if I wouldn't have. If I wouldn't have had some weird experiences in life that kind of led me to realize, like, I was, I was having some issues. I was, I was, again, I had, like, really destructive patterns of behavior and really, um, really bad thought processes that led to, like, anxiety and anger and broken friendships and stuff. And, uh, so it's been, it's been good to be in a place, uh, where I can, uh, you know, I can work through some of that. So when someone's like, how long have you been streaming? To me... Streaming has been a, a, a per, like a personal journey for me because I don't think I would have discovered a lot of this stuff about me if I wouldn't have been in content creation, uh, if I wouldn't have been around certain people, if I wouldn't have had certain experiences. Um, I don't think I would have learned a lot of those things. So, so when I think about streaming now, I, I, I can't divorce it from my from my experiences of life and growth and my family, like. There's just been a lot of good thing. Oh no! There's just been a lot of good things that have come out of uh, that's come out of all of this. So, the true sage. Do you think there should have been a max level you could reach? Uh, seems like it goes on forever. I mean, I, I would think, right? I would think that if they put a cap on it, that sort of grates against one of the things they tried to do. Which is they tried to create a truly infinite experience. I think you can create a natural sort of wall where it gets really, really difficult. Um, and I think that would have been the way to do it. So then you could be like, nah, man, you could you can go further. You can make it farther. You just got to play better. You got to work harder. You got to stay alive, whatever. Um, I think they could have done a lot with that. Uh, so I think that they set it up in a way that makes sense. Just keep going. As long as you kill stuff fast enough, you can stay in here. As long as you don't wipe, you can stay in here. But then they kind of misfired by being like, there's no real reason to go further than, you know, 15 to 20 branches. 
because that's about all you need to kill the boss as long as you're playing organized. You know, your matchmaking, you could probably give yourself a little bit of cushion and go to 20, 25, but in general, uh, in general, you could you could easily, with a team, we, we've been jumping off at 15. Uh, but again, that's one of the flaws, right? Is they didn't set a limit, so then you get held hostage by matchmaking. Um, so that's another thing they should have thought about is... Well, we gave them a truly infinite experience, but if they matchmake, unbelievable. But if they matchmake, they're not going to be able to, uh, they're not going to be able to dictate what happens. And, and you get nothing if you don't go to the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get anything. You can get the little, like, chests and stuff, but that's it. What happened with the glowing armor? It's a, it's a, it's a head, it's a helmet that you have to, like, um... I think it's only the Eververse armor, right? Or is there an or- ornament to make it glow? I don't know how you get the ornaments. We haven't either. We've not unearthed that, or I don't know. I thought wasn't it the Eververse armor that glowed, or is it the Revelry armor that glows? I actually don't know the answer to this. The glowing stuff comes from the boxes Eva sells. Oh, is that where the ornaments come from? Well, that makes sense why I haven't gotten any because I'm not buying her boxes. Her her boxes are expensive and then you don't... I was People were selling me they were getting like blue items. Uh, Silva back gorilla. How come Bungie either hits or misses on events and content? How do they find the sweet spot that we want? Well, here's what I think is going on. I think that they're saying... Let's avoid drought. Let's give them content. Let's give them stuff. But I think they're operating on low bandwidth. And I think when you operate on low bandwidth, something doesn't make the cut. So in this case, they didn't think about increasing difficulty. We say, oh, just increase the difficulty. Like it's a simple knob they could turn. Like that would require them to to change mechanics. I put on solar burn because I thought we were going to the the other strike the other nightfall where everything is void so i turned void off and went with solar burn and there's just solar all over the place so i'm dying really fast this is a nightfall for the triumph that i'm using um so that's what i think is going on i think they're like well what are we gonna cut what are we gonna not do and it's like well you know it'd be cool if we can make it harder but we don't have time for that it'd be cool if we put weapons in there to grind for or bounties like ada has but we don't really have time for that and so that stuff just doesn't make the cut those iterations and those ideas like I don't think Bungie's in the dark I don't think they're like oh my gosh uh, I, we can't believe people wanted more loot we can't believe that people wanted um, you know the ability to we, we can't believe people wanted the ability to reset it or get, get, get bounties or whatever the frick like I don't think they're surprised by any of the feedback I really don't you know I, I think that I think that they I think they clearly I think they clearly know what we want and 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 what we're gonna ask for. I just don't think they have the bandwidth or the time to do it all. Uh, a freaking zebra is the arbalist worth the grind? The armor looks all right enough, but not a huge fan of the fusion rifles in general. I've been told that it's really really good in gambit if you're an invader, and it's pretty good in PvP. Um, and it's easier to get than the Izanagi's Burden, so. 
Beast modes. Do you think the Eververse armor for these type of events should be earned through bounties? These bounties could also gift Bright Dust or Eververse. I think so, but they, again, they're going to want to be careful. The Eververse is going to be one of their main sources of revenue right now as a self-publishing company, and I think that's going to weigh heavily on their decision of how they treat the Eververse. Personally, yes, I think I should be able to grab bounties from Tess over and over and over again that cro- that cost Bright Dust, and I can try to get the pair of gauntlets that I want. There's been plenty of times I've looked at her armor sets, and I'm like, dude, I would really, really like, I would really, really like the ability to grind for that armor set. Bright Dust bounties, right? Eververse armor sets. Uh, bounties buy with bright dust. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do a talk about that because I'm like, man, they have made some really, really cool. They have made some really, really cool armor sets. But it's like, if you want to get the full armor set, there's you have no agency over that at all. And if they're worried about people buying, like I just don't know how many people are wanting a full armor set or spending real money in the Eververse. That just cannot be a normal. A normal or or very very consistent thing. It, I just I don't know. I don't think that's I don't think that's a common thing. They don't drop with enhanced perks. Why would you even try? Well, that's an entirely different discussion, isn't it? Like we need to be able to enhance armor perks, right? We need to be able to enhance armor perks. Is what we need to be able to do. Um, as a way as a way to really ramp things up. Because when I when I look at when I look at everything they've done with you know with all the with all the the various the various armor sets, it, the the easiest solution would be to be like, well, yeah, you can enhance the perks now. You just got to spend ma- enhancement cores. Like they have the perfect solution. They have the perfect solution to basically say we don't really need to do anything. We don't really need to do anything with armor. All we've got to do is give people the opportunity to enhance their perks. Now, obviously, you would still want to make like end game content like raids and stuff have a chance to drop with enhanced perks because that's like that would be the curated role, right? You wouldn't have to spend any of your cores. You could just get it and it would have it, you know? Oh, here's another Brutus ship. That one's pretty cool. I like the big turtle ships. The big space turtle ships are pretty dope. Um, and we got the stylist, the stylist, stylish, (laughs) stylist. We got the stylish fist bump. We'll equip that down there. So now I've been told that one of the problems with the Arbalist is that it's weak against match game. So I don't even understand where you would use this weapon other than as people are saying, like it's great in invasion. It's great for, uh, it's great in invasion and it's great for the um for PvP. So I don't think three weeks is too long for the event, no. Gaming author. Do you think Season of Opulence will be larger or smaller in terms of content than the other pieces of the annual pass? I think Season of Opulence is gonna be the biggest piece of content in the annual pass. I think they're gonna end on a bang and they wanna reestablish player confidence and consumer confidence because they've gotta get our confidence and our and our happiness back up so they can start talking about what's gonna happen in September if they go to E3, etc. You know, they're going to E3, they're going to Guardian Con. They're doing these things where I I have a hard time believing that that's what's supposed to happen. 
I'm supposed to dump 75 of the currency into her and get blue items and that doesn't seem right. That seems messed up. That seems legit messed up. That doesn't seem like that's how that's supposed to work. I feel like there's going to be a a patch note or a hotfix about that. We dump 75 of the earned essence. 75 is a little bit more than one run. Now you can get about 75 if you open up the secret chests and go enough rounds to get enough secret chests. That's one run of, you know, maybe 15, 20 rounds and you're going to get one box, a blue item. That's dumb. That doesn't even make any sense. At least give us a purple item so we get some shards. Imagine viewer. Should the Crucible be more like the D2 beta where gunfights are a focus and the alternative, which is uh, keep the way it is? I, I don't think that the Crucible needs to go back to anything that we got in D2 beta. That was terrible. It was not preferred. People didn't like it. We don't want to go back to that. We don't. Um, I would say, I would say that if we do anything, we need to go with bigger areas, bigger maps, bigger engagements. The game needs to breathe. Power ammo is not the problem. Shotguns, shoulder charge, supers, they are not the problem. The frequency with which you are killed by them is the problem. I played a game the other day for a milestone and it was ridiculous. I got killed by a Jotun, then I got killed by a machine gun, then I got killed by a shotgun, then a shoulder charge, then a super, then it respawned me and I got killed by the super again. I didn't get in a single gunfight. We were all so close together that I would spawn, take two steps, and somebody was on top of me with something that's not preventable. It's not preventable. You take a move, you take a lane, and a guy shoots, you know, a guy shoots down the lane with a hammerhead. You get it, you, you, you try to establish yourself on a corner, or you try to push a choke point, and a guy slides at you with a shotgun. You get killed by a super, it respawns you, and if that guy's moving fast enough, especially if it's like Dawnblade, he can probably get you with, with the Dawnblade again. There's nothing wrong with the space magic, the supers, the, the, the power weapons. It's the frequency with which you can use them against people. It's like you never get to breathe. Bigger maps, I think, would be a significant aid to this problem. Scully32, do you think Revelry will help pull people back in for a while? I Maybe. New exotic, new thing to do, new thing to try out. I think people will take a crack at it. Little Light Radio. How do you feel about the process to get the Arbalest? Uh, too easy or just enough? I think it's fine. I think you got to put in a good, a good chunk of time. I think watching streamers get it in 10 hours, you got to remember that that represents almost an entire week for some people. We're also able to play more efficiently because we pull in players that know what they're doing we pull in players that are uh you know just a little bit more adept they're not having to rely on matchmaking and stuff like that and so i think um i think that makes it a little bit easier on us to be efficient so we have more time and more efficiency uh on our side uh, Royal Sasha, do you think Sparrow Racing League should return? No, they shouldn't waste any bandwidth on that. It's just a gimmick. Uh, a gecko. Given the mostly positive response to Shattered Throne, do you think Destiny 3 should try to implement more of that style of content? Well, the rumor is that we're going to be getting a more uh, a more RPG-driven game in Destiny 3. So, yes. Brandon, do you think that D3 will be an all-out war between light and dark guardians, or is it going to be guardians just wielding different sources of power? According to the leak, it's just different sources of power. It's not an allegiance choice that you're making. But again, these are just leaks. So we don't actually know. These are just leaks. So 
there's a rumor from the leak that we will be using dark powers and learning new powers. Siren uh, Biax. Have you been able to piece together a reason why Bungie seems to be so reticent to incorporate the good ideas you and the community are offering? Um, they might not be able to, right? The aid of bounties, putting those in other NPCs, putting those in other pursuits, they might not be in a place where they can do it. So that's one possibility. Number two, they might disagree with my philosophy on what needs to be done. Uh, number three, there could be things coming down the line that that's at odds with. A lot of people have speculated one of the reasons they have just dug their heels in on enhancement cores is because the the future changes and things they have planned might require enhancement cores to be in there. Uh, and that's a reason why they're staying put. Um, there's a, there, you know, there's a variety of reasons why they might say we need to leave this in. We need to, we need to continue to leave enhancement cores in, or we're not going to do this or we're not going to do that. Um, I don't think they're like looking at the community and saying, you guys are full of crap. We, you know, we, uh, we don't want to do this. I don't think that's what it is. I also don't think they're like watching videos or, or Reddit or forums and stuff and saying, nah, we don't want to do that. A lot of what we said leading up to Forsaken ended up in Forsaken, like one-to-one, right? A lot of our ideas. So it's, it's, it's just might be a time-based thing too. It might just take time to implement some of the things that we like. Uh, Al, uh, Al Dettini. Are you more in favor of the annual pass system that we will be getting over the uh, over the course of the year, or do you prefer a big expansion? Uh, I don't necessarily. I, I, I the, here's the problem with big expansions: if you don't space the content out, or you really, really invest in like rhythmic things where there's guns and there's armor pieces and stuff that rotate. If you're not smart about that then we burn through the content after a month we're like what now with the annual pass you know every couple of weeks there's something new to try there's something new to chase etc etc now they're clearly not pivoting away from it we 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 have it we have it on pretty good authority that in september they're going to be starting the annual pass 2.0 it's going to kick off with a much bigger piece of content than like black armory but they seem to be doing it again given that reality I don't see them saying we need to go back to big tent pole, big giant DLCs. If they do in the future, if in Destiny 3 they decide to do that, then what they need to do is a hybrid system. Here is, let's just imagine there's a DL- DLC called um, the Fallen the Fallen War, okay? The Fallen War is a DLC, and this DLC lands in uh, April, Okay. Well, that DLC would land in April, and if it was like, let's say it was the size of like the t- like Rise of Iron, Taken King, somewhere in there, somewhere in that spectrum, it's a pretty good sized DLC. Now, the Fallen War, if they would, if they were smart, the Fallen War would basically have three months of things happening that just sort of take time to unlock. Whether it's gear that rotates, missions, strikes, activities, bounties, whatever that trickle out. So by the time you're done with that three month season of the fallen war well then you never really felt like you got oh I'm completely done now the people that stomp their feet give it to me now Bungie those people don't matter because they're basically asking to be given everything up front so they could burn through the content in three weeks and complain they have nothing to do so I think if you combine the annual pass idea 
with the big DLCs that they used to do so that when a DLC lands when a DLC lands it 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 trickles out its own content yeah i got the arbalist it trickles out its own content well then i would think that would be a pretty good way that would be a pretty good way to make sure that we don't do what we did in the past take the pros and the benefits of doing an annual pass and shove that into a DLC system and you might have a good win Kurt what are you looking forward to next season in the upcoming content what could be improved upon I hope the six man activity is dope I hope the raid is good I hope the loot is significantly better and we're given agency and, and player intentionality like we had with the aid of bounties that's what I want I want better loot to chase and good activities to chase them in that's pretty much it Little Light Radio. Do you think Bungie will stick with the PlayStation deal or give them exclusives again? I really, really, really freaking hope not. I hope this September is the cessation of all PlayStation preferential treatment and Bungie moves in a much different direction. I think that exclusivity is going to hold them back if they continue to do it. Unless Sony really sweetens the deal and Bungie really needs the money, I really hope they pivot away from Sony exclusivity. I hope they pivot towards Xbox and Epic. If they start working with Microsoft and Epic on an investment basis or using developers basis or using servers and the Epic launcher and the crossplay and all that, I think there's way more benefits to working with those two companies than working with freaking Sony. So, Sony helped them build a really, really big Sony Destiny player base. We don't need to continue to placate to those people. They'll keep buying Destiny and Destiny content as long as it's awesome. Um, so... It has already been announced that the new GTA will be exclusive for six months on the PS5, so it's not to be assumed. Right, I mean, Sony could be really flexing to try to win back some love. I just think, again, if you go back to the announcement that they're self-publishing, Phil Spencer and the CEO of Epic jumped on that tweet really, really quickly. I think that was calculated. Uh... Moles says, I stopped playing D2 when the first DLC came out, thinking of getting back into it. Is it worth considering all the missed content? They make it pretty easy to catch back up, and there's a lot for you to do. Forsaken is a magnificent DLC. The story, fighting the barons, the new weapons, the bows, all those experiences that await you, all those places, all those strikes, the story, chasing down the barons and the and the cutscene where he like the, the playing cards are dropping is probably one of the best pieces of destiny content ever created on par with how great it was for the storytelling and the scenes with oryx and the taken king like it is right up there 10 out of 10 destiny content forsaken is at least worth jumping back in after that the annual pass eh, take it or leave it the forges are good the guns are pretty dope season of the drifter has been kind of a dud player base numbers kind of back me on this so i would think that i would think that you could you could easily easily get plenty of playtime out of forsaken and stuff and then this summer season of opulence is probably going to be pretty dadgum awesome i've got i've got a lot of confidence in season of opulence William Hellard. Do you think or hope that Bungie will change the leveling system to a straight XP-based system so we can play any content and not be hurt by RNG? I don't think they're going to go that way, but I think they have a really easy solution that they could just go in and tweak a number. All they have to do... All they have to do is go in and say, purples and blues that drop from vendors and events drop at your power level. That solves the problem. That solves the problem. It does. It fixes it. So, if they do that, 
If they do that, then it fixes everything that we've been talking about. Everything that we've been talking about gets fixed by that. Um, you're able, you're able to to go and and do the things that you want to do, and you're able to level up while doing so. And then milestones are a faster way for you to level up because you can be strategic with them. RCA Gandhi. In Destiny 1 Age of Triumph, ornaments were loved by players and added a great aesthetic and customization. Do you think Bungie has heard the player base on the request for these to return? If so, why are the revelry ornaments locked by the duration of the event? Do you think there will be more of these ornaments in opulence? Maybe not in opulence, but beyond it, I would think so. I would think so. Alweezy. The revelry tonics working the way they do is fun. It makes me feel more powerful. However, the community has taken issue with the buffs being active in Crucible and mainly competitive. Is too much space magic a bad thing? Okay, the people complaining about competitive, I don't really care because they're the minority and I'm sick of hearing from them. Sorry, I'm sick of hearing from them. I'm, I'm just sick of it. I don't care what you like and don't like. I don't care what you want nerfed or toned down. We want to have fun, turn up the space magic, and plug your freaking ears when the competitive crybabies start crying. Because I'm sick of it. We've been dealing with this crap for four years. We have. You're not going to turn Destiny into a competitive tournament ready esports ready environment so stop feigning some sense of competitive just quit it it doesn't work it doesn't work okay it's been a four going on five years of a failed experiment to try to create a competitive environment and all it's done is hold the game back and lead to frustrating nerves no shut the frick up and go play something else I'm tired of it just get the frick out of here this isn't a competitive game it's not built to be competitive the maps aren't built to be competitive the modes that they've tried to add to competitive have all sucked and had to be taken out so sorry the game is evolving crucible and I really genuinely truly believe competitive is not in the future of destiny I don't think it is I really don't You're playing the wrong dadgum game if you want this game to feel and run competitive. It's just the the facts. It's the facts. Salvage, breakthrough, lockdown. They took trials out. Every form of competitive thing they've tried just hasn't worked. Oh, they're going to bring trials back. Trials is going to be played at Guardian Con. Yay. If that happens, that's a rumor, right? If that happens, yay. I can't wait for the competitive crowd to cry and complain about map imbalance and weapon imbalance and super imbalance and this imbalance and that imbalance. Like... That's all we hear from the competitive side of the game. Do you want to know why? Because all they do is great against what kind of game this is. It's a power fantasy RPG, and it doesn't square with competitive, and it doesn't square with balance. Just quit it. Seriously. Go play Apex. Go play Fortnite. Go play CSGO. Go back to your OG Halo games or something. It just doesn't work. And listen, here's a strange, here's a strange wish that I have. I would love for them to give the competitive players what they want. Just give them freaking Halo and then be like, do you like it? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They would complain that it's boring. They would complain that there's no razzmatazz. There's no spark. There's no excitement. If you gave them, here's your competitive playlist. It's basically Halo. They they wouldn't like that either. 
it wouldn't feel like destiny and they'd they'd complain about it that i'm telling you that ship has freaking sailed and if they don't admit that it sailed and they try it again they try to bring back trials i got news for you it'll be the lowest engage with content just like it was back then it ain't gonna capture the majority and it's gonna be constantly complained about so keep dialing that in keep investing in that in that lame handicapped horse just keep backing that losing horse i guess because it hasn't worked for five freaking years <laughs> i don't know what more proof you need this ain't their first rodeo they've been trying to do this for five years and it hadn't freaking worked so what what are we doing at this point and then they do a fun event where they warn people. They're like, it's going to be crazy. You're going to be able to take the tonic into the crucible. And everyone cries and complains. Because they're, you know, all oh, competitive's terrible now. Was it better last week when everybody just camped heavy? <laughs> and used that to control the flow of the map? Like, was it better then? Did you complain about it less then? Yes, it was better. Again, if, if it's not somebody complaining about too much power, they're complaining about something else. I've been doing this for four years. We've been having this discussion for four years, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm done having the discussion. It's just a it's just a lost cause at this point. De bearded wonder. Why do you think uh, what do you think will be the biggest change we see, if any at all, from Bungie's split from Activision and them having seemingly full control over the franchise now? I mean, we're not going to see anything for a while. We're not going to see anything for a while. There's no way to truly know. Until they start delivering content into next year, that's when we'll truly start to see the real Bungie, right? The real, real, real Bungie will be the next game. It'll be the next game, so... Mighty Moose, what are your thoughts on Season of Opulence bringing us a solid loop grind with both new content and the current state of the uh, content? Black Armor Game at Prime. Also, do you think Bungie will introduce refresh content as you've mentioned many times? I think the refresh content, NPCs, and old loot pools is coming in September. I think Opulence will be its own thing, and I hope it's really, really fun. I hope the six-man activity is dope and the gear is dope. Opinions get you banned. So with the recent PlayStation 5 specs announced, what's your biggest hopes and fears for D3 or whatever they launch on the system? Okay, here's the thing. When you look at, okay, when you look at the specs of the PS5, I think it gives a lot more credence to the fact that you can't really use this engine anymore. You can't use peer-to-peer anymore. You just can't. It just doesn't work. Um, doesn't work. It, it it the, the it's not it's going to hold the game back significantly the whenever you you know when, whenever you go into a new landscape of of uh, the platforms people are naturally going to buy a PlayStation 5 and be like Destiny better look freaking nuts it better be nuts and if it's basically like here's here's another Destiny on the Tiger engine you know i just that's what i think uh is going on you know Okay, to be fair, True Sage, I wasn't trying to bash people. I'm just exhausted with hearing from the comp side of Destiny. It it hasn't worked for five years. It hasn't. And when people act like I'm not qualified to talk about PvP, dude, the other day I went on a long 
like actual like meta narrative discussion about the history of PvP games stemming all the way back to Quake 2. Do you know why I can do that? Because I've been playing PvP games since Quake 2. So my qualifications to talk about PvP is probably far more in depth and longer than most of the small chump kids that come in here and tell me I can't talk because I don't farm high KD with a stacked team. Like I, I don't need some mouthy Destiny kid to tell me I'm qualified or not qualified to talk about PvP. Like, I, I've been I've been I've been in the PvP landscape since before some of these kids probably even picked up a controller. Seriously, and the competitive side of Destiny has been a failed experiment for five years. It just has been. It's not the bright shining like jewel in destiny's crown it isn't it's been an embarrassment so much so that they had to remove trials from the dadgum game as well right as well as every game mode they've tried to add right small chump kids way to dismiss a valid critique from people disagreeing with you way to be a complete idiot and miss what i said rusty seriously this is what i said small chump kids that say i'm not qualified to talk about pvp that's not someone making a valid critique that's douchey and dismissive you're not even listening to what i'm saying you're allowed to come in and disagree with me and say pvp is great pvp is awesome i love pvp for goodness sakes Clintus is on my podcast and he disagrees with me regularly about PvP. He's not a chump kid. I'm talking about the people that come in like, he's not even good. He doesn't even play PvP. He can't talk about PvP. That's some chump kid trying to act like, because I don't farm KD in Destiny, I'm not qualified to talk about PvP. Like, like I said, I, I can give you an entire rundown of incentivization changes, motivations of the player, player habits, player demands, and I can walk you through all of that from Quake 2 to now. Because I've played them all. I've played them all. I'm plenty qualified to talk about PvP. I don't have to play Destiny's PvP to look at how many times have they added a game mode that has failed. Rift, really fun. Then it became a crappy spawn trap. Garbage game mode, didn't continue. Salvage, awful game mode with stupid rules of engagement. People cheese that game mode. Not in the game, terrible. Breakthrough, lockdown, and the list goes on and on. And then trials, they just take out. They're like, we don't have confidence. We don't have confidence in the state of the Crucible right now to even leave trials in the game. That's the point I'm making is that your enjoyment of PvP doesn't refute anything that I just said. It's been a it's been a failed experiment for 5 years to try to create a balanced competitive crucible. They haven't done it. They haven't done it and everyone has rose-colored glasses. Do you want to go back and watch all the trial streams? Every week, the same complaints, the same criticisms. Use your primary. This map's imbalanced. That melee's broken. This gun's overpowered. For frick's sake, every week there was something. There was no golden age of trials. Come on. Trials was birthed in the fires of Thorn. You want to act like there was a golden age of Trials where it wasn't nothing but a freaking complaint fest from everybody who played it? Not to mention, the engagement numbers were always significantly smaller than every other portion of the freaking game? It's not about what you enjoy. It's not about what you prefer. It's about the fact that it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. Not all of us complain. Okay, I'm not necessarily saying you. I'm just saying... 
as a collective community, there was a clear and present theme from the beginning of their attempt to do something competitive with Trials all the way to now. And the theme has been flat tire failure. It's never gotten, it's always like, you know, when the car shakes because the rotors are off or something like that. It's always been like that. It's just like, yeah, we just can't get the alignment right. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. There's people who complain about PvE. Right, but True Sage, the difference between PvP and PvE is in PvP, if I make a complaint about the reward structure in King's Fall, I think you can make pretty solid criticisms about the guns and the weapons in King's Fall not being up to snuff, right? We can make that criticism. What that doesn't turn into, though, is five years of failed raid experimentation. King's Fall was still a great raid. The armor looked dope. The guns actually looked pretty awesome awesome the few that you might use like yasmin or you know the the machine gun but even if we complain about pve you wouldn't say that pve has been five years of failure they've got some real freaking home runs in pve they've got some great raids great strikes really good storytelling really dope weapons really cool subclasses and supers and guess what typically comes in and wrecks that house of cards strong weapons a strong exotic a really cool super a really cool new super a really new cool subclass what typically what is the common theme for the last five years in comes pvp charge is too strong that super is too strong boom that is why PvE starts to get complained about. You you can't even complain about PvE without considering a lot of our complaints often stem from changes that are motivated and brought about by PvP. Like, <laughs> did they nerf shards? Did they nerf shards because of PvE? No. Did they nerf Nova Warp because of PvE? No. Come on! Taken King Hammers. When Taken King Hammers launched, they were amazing. They were so cool. And what happened? We got to enjoy them for like, how long was it? Maybe a month before they got freaking nerfed? Why? PvP. It hasn't worked. I've not seen a single person. You can subtweet about all, me all you want. You can talk about me in your little circles and discords. I don't give a frick. I've not seen a single person make a substantive argument that PvP has been a success in the realm of competitive for the last five years. Nobody. Some of the most ardent supporters of PvP, some of the biggest streamers, some of the biggest trials players, consistently talked about the problems and the and the and the things that needed patched and the broken nature of the game, imbalanced nature of the game imbalanced natures of the maps anybody you think is in your corner to defend pvp they have a history of years of criticism of pvp there's nobody in your corner that's as pure as the driven snow that can make a strong case for the success of competitive destiny pvp nobody even when they had the sweats tournaments and that really cool guardian con tournament do you know how many freaking rules they had to implement to even do that come on they got to create another game they got to outlaw certain exotics and supers just you can't use that (laughs) come on (laughs) that's the main issue that's the main issue i'm not trying to say that they should take it out or you shouldn't enjoy it that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the fact that you can't nobody has ever made a substantive case about it being worth a darn 
It's been a it's been a failed experiment for five years. If you want magic, if you want mayhem, if you want chaos, they have successfully pulled that off. You can go into the crucible, right? You can go to the Crucible, you can get out your dope weapons that you grinded for, put on your favorite exotic and your favorite super, and just have a ball. That's Destiny Crucible. Magic. Imbalance. You just suck it up, Cupcake. Yep, shoulder charge. Kind of frustrating. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. Again, I don't think the issue is shoulder charge, shotguns, heavy weapons, or supers. The issue is the... The rhythm with which they take place, it's just constant. It's a great shooter, and you don't get in a whole lot of shoot, you know, you don't get a whole lot of gunfights. If they spread you out, bigger maps, bigger engagements, it would naturally neuter and and subdue some of the solvency and potency of those things. And they tried a super balanced crucible in D2 vanilla, and everybody hated it. Well, I didn't hate it. Okay, well, the majority of the people hated it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Aldatini. That was a really long rant. Uh, do you think with the new season, partly being Leviathan-themed, they would update the Levy Raid layers? Yeah, I don't know. What's good, Chevy? I don't know. Mm, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if they'd want to do that at this point. They might want to do that later on down the line. I think they're going to reutilize um, I think they're going to reutilize the Castellum. Right? They utilize the Castellum for like wave-based content. Um, that would be pretty cool. And then a brand new raid. But I don't know if we need to revisit Levy and the layers. We'll have to see. Imagine viewer. Why doesn't Bungie know how to make a good horde mode? They have the revelries of uh, Renan Forest, EP, and so far, but with no actual substance. They have the Arbalist, but why stop there? This is a di- this is a little bit of a different version of a question we just had. I think it just comes down to bandwidth. I just don't think they have enough people. They can be like, look, we can create the infinite forest and make it run, and we can make it run on a timer that as long as you keep the timer up, you get to stay in there. But they couldn't go beyond that. They couldn't make the enemies harder. They couldn't put many bosses in there. You know, they just... I feel I really really feel like a lot of this content is skeleton crew right now and that could be for a handful of reasons maybe they want to make the next annual pass a bit beefier and they're really trying to front load it so that we feel pretty good and then as we coast into 2020 things slow down and get thin again but that's okay because maybe destiny the next destiny lands next year or maybe they just figure out a really good rhythm with the skeleton crew the lighter teams working on the annual pass content that they can do this coming annual pass in September and then another one end of 2020 and then the next Destiny could land in 2021. You know? So, the the, nat- the nature of maintaining the current game while building the next is just a really, really difficult thing to do. So... Everyone is freaking out about PvP when all it needs is a couple of impactful and thoughtful patches. It's not really that hard to balance. Then why haven't they done it in five years? Everyone always does what you do. Official, officially grim. I've seen Crucible streamers tweet and be like, this is all you need to do to balance Crucible. And they put like a couple bullet points. They're like, simple. I'm like, <laughs> are you freaking kidding me? You mean after five years you can solve all the Crucible's problems in a tweet? 
Like, really? That's all it takes? Right? <laughs> That's all we need is, is one player's perspective. You know, just build forehead. Just balance it, forehead. Doesn't, Bungie doesn't always know best. Example, enhancement cores. I'm, te- I'm telling you, dude. They have done so many patches and so many adjustments over the years. I don't know how anybody anywhere could have any confidence in their ability to just balance it forehead. Like, I really just don't think so. They would have done it by now. They would have. I, You know. <laughs> now, there's another... Here's a, Let's put our tinfoil hat on for a second. There's another theory about what's going on. Right? There's another theory about what's going on. There is Fortnite as an example. Okay? We're going to use Fortnite as an example. There's a certain amount of relevancy that you get from constantly changing things and making people get upset. Fortnite has proven this time and time again. And like someone with Stockholm Syndrome, all the, all the community members and streamers and YouTubers, they just keep coming back. They just keep coming back. Right? And they talk about it, they tweet about it, they complain about it, but they keep playing. So, if you look at the pattern of Fortnite with its updates and significant changes, new weapons, weird things, completely changing the meta, Bungie's been doing that for five years, right? They, they, they have. They, they, they just, oh, we'll do this. Well, we'll do that. We'll make this stronger. We'll make that weaker. We'll change the special ammo meta. We'll do this. We'll change that. And what does it do? It gets people talking. It gets people complaining. And they're continuing to play. People constantly complained about God Roll Lunas and Mapadors and everything else, and they kept on playing. So there could be some sort of psychological manipulation going on where they've just learned you have to constantly change the PvP environment. Because if you balance it and put it into a rut and leave it there, then people get disinterested. But if people hear whispers in the wind about these new weapons that are really, really strong or these new supers that are really, really strong or whatever the frick, well, now everybody's interested. Everybody's kind of playing, even though they're complaining. Again, that's very tinfoil hat, like conspiracy theory, like maybe this is all intentional because both Fortnite and Destiny have very largely done similar things with respect to a swinging pendulum of seasons of dominance and meta shifts and changes and it seems to keep people interested talking and, and discussing and playing it's really odd it's really really odd now crucible numbers have continued to go down so that's obviously a little bit worrisome but i think that might have more to do with the fact that they're not really offering you anything other than a pinnacle weapon every season so apollo made when Destiny 3 finally drops, is there anything you can think of that if Bungie screws it up, you're just not going to play? I mean, I don't know what they would... Pe- I've gotten this question before. What would it take for you to quit playing entirely? And I'm just kind of like... I mean... I I don't know. Right? I, they would have to basically make another game. They would have to make a game that wasn't Destiny. I love Destiny. I just It's so difficult to answer that question. If there's loot to chase, bosses to fight, and dope and dope characters to interact with and play with, then I'll play, especially if it's a looter shooter. You know, as long as it maintains that that sense of its identity. Uh, Valcor Moon. 
the the lore states that the nine are divided into two factions and one seems particularly dark do you think they might be behind the veil and do you think that would be good or bad I don't know I don't have any way to answer this question um, I'll say maybe uh, C- Calder what do you think about the Arbalest not working for a match game that needs to be an update they need to fix that that's got to be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of why would you make a, a kinetic linear fusion exotic that says fires slugs that cause massive da- damage to elemental shields of enemy combatants that should override match game that's got to be that's got to be one of the dumbest oversights I've ever heard of We've been looking at that. We've been looking at guns since the season started, and a lot of us said, "Man, you could put on match game, and that'd be a really fun way to override match game. It might be really nice. You put that on with a nice hand cannon. You pop the shield of those guys. Now they're going to take more damage from your kinetic. I guess you could shoot again with your uh, with your arbalist, you know, or switch to uh, you know, switch to a uh, um, you know, your primary. You're running an energy primary at that point." I, I honestly don't know how they over, overlooked that. It doesn't make any sense. So you basically created a gun that has a perk on it that's basically meaningless and everyone's just using it to invade in Gambit and they're using it in the Crucible. What the frick is this weapon for then? Like why you just another another frustrating strong weapon for invasion like that's why you made it. It's dumb. Uh P Showtimes. Uh, how do you efficiently clear branches in the Verdant Forest uh, to keep the timer from expiring? Just go quickly. Uh, tether would really help. Skull of the Dire Ahamkara Nova really helps. Um, Shards of Galanor kind of would help. You just got to kill everything really quickly. It's not that hard. It really isn't. You only need to get to about wave 15 to 20 uh, to make sure you have enough time for the bosses. And a good strategy when you're fighting the bosses is that you just get a lot of headshots on the ads to refill your supers so you can you can kind of be constantly baking the bosses and feeding yourself power. Uh, all Dante. Um, do you think the Verdant Forest and the Haunted Forest should have been part of the Curse of Osiris expansion since the Infinite Forest was such a disappointment? Okay, so you want me to answer a question about should these things have existed back then? I, I mean, wh- <laughs> what do you want me to say? I, I don't know. It wouldn't have made much of a difference, to be honest. The main issue with Curse of Osiris was um, the main the main issue with Curse of Osiris is that there was static roles. I said the other day, if there had been random roles in Curse of Osiris, people would have liked that a lot more. They'd have liked that a whole lot more. So, uh, see, uh, Chases says, do you think they can adapt into a permanent mode in the future? I actually thought after Haunted Force it should have been a permanent mode. You rotate the boss each week. Each boss has a gun they can drop. Farm the frick out of it. I, that, that just seems like such an easy win. Such an easy win, right? So, right now you got five bosses and you got five chests, okay? you you could easily easily go in there and say okay this week will be all hive bosses this week will be all vex bosses right do do a, a five bosses for each each you know you got what do you got you got vex hive fallen uh vex hive fallen 
I'm bl- I'm blanking on the other uh, the other ones. We got Scorn. Uh Vex Hive Fallen, you could do Taken. Cabal. Right? You got you got you got easily 5 or 6. Easily 5 or 6. So, if you do that, anytime it's Cabal, it's all Cabal bosses. And then there's a certain weapon that has a chance to drop from the five chests. Next week, it's not Cabal now. It is Taken. It is Hive. It is whatever. Permanent mode. Rotate the bosses. Chance to have a cool weapon drop. You obviously want to go farther. You obviously want to get the five chests. Maybe every ten levels of the branches it gets harder and it adds a buff to the drop rate so like out of the five chests you're getting an extra percentage point or whatever added to your drop rate chances if if you get to level 50 make it tough if you get to level 50 that should be a tough endeavor you know and then when you get to level 50 you've just buffed the drop rate of all those five chests do you see what i'm saying they build good structure they just don't they just don't really invest in the structures in the right way i just i can't see it being that difficult to say every week the bosses rotate and there's a weapon that can drop and the drop rate chances are affected by how many you know branches you complete and every 10 branches you get every 10 branches you get a buff to the drop rate i just think that isn't even that much of an iteration on what they've already built. Again, I think they're running on a they're running on a skeleton crew. So they just don't have the ability to say, well now that we've built this infinite forest, let's now tweak the mechanics so every 10 levels it gets harder. Let's tweak the drop rates so that every 10 levels you get a buff to the drop rate. Let's tweak the actual bosses so that they rotate and if there's a there's a gun that can drop from, you know, each 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 race of enemies, you know? It's easy to sit here and come up with these ideas because I don't have to execute on them. It's so easy to do. That'd be like looking at an artist and be like, oh man, you painted an amazing picture of a New York skyline. Dude, that's crazy. You know what you should do? You should do a New York skyline that starts from like old-timey New York and goes through a metamorphosis. So by the, by the time you get to the right side of the painting, it's all the new buildings. That would be really awesome and really creative. And people around you could be like, man, that's a really good idea. And the painter's thinking to himself, dude, that would take me forever to do. Well, you can sit there and look at a really good painting, a really good tapestry, and come up with a great idea that, upon execution, would be ridiculously complex and difficult and challenging. But everybody sitting around and be like, oh, what a creative person, what a good idea. So, like, I can sit here and rattle off ideas, but I'm not the one that has to go back to the workshop and paint that painting. Bungie's the one that has to come up with all this stuff, and that's why whenever I look at the structures, I'm like, man, oh man, you guys have done such a good job with the structures. We just really, really need you to invest in, the, in making them more sensible. Why am I going to grind 50 levels of the Verdant Forest? What's the freaking point? You know, what's the point? I would think that would be like one of the things they really need to start asking. Okay, we can create Blind Well, Escalation Protocol, the Four Forges. Uh, We can create the Infinite Forest. We can create all these things. We can create the Reckoning. Why are people going to run it? What's their experience going to be when they run it? That's the, that's the next question they need to ask. 
They don't ever get to that place. They don't ever get to that point. I don't know. I, that maybe because they just don't have time. Emstrom. The Arbalist can be acquired with a relatively quick five-hour grind. Is it too easy to acquire or should longer quest? The gun's not that great, so no. I think the quest the quest grind for it's fine. It's not even that impressive of a weapon. Ashen Annihilator. Crucible's insane right now. It's mayhem everywhere and I love it. Do you think of how hard they work to keep Crucible balanced? Why don't they just make the tonic work in it? Why do they make the ton, uh, tonic work in it? Is that a statement? I mean, listen... I'm not going to start to read the tea leaves too heavily here, but don't you think it's interesting that around the time people start to pick up on the fact that Bungie's done nothing for the Crucible, right around the time that Deed says publicly the Crucible's going to evolve. It's going to change from where it is now. It's going to change. The only thing he says that will be maintained is that it will be PvP in essence. That's it. He whittled it down to that basic core essence and said PvP is the essence that's going to be maintained, right? You think it's a coincidence that all that happens and then they're like, yeah, let's wreck the Crucible. Let's make it chaotic. It could be part of the evolution. They could be slowly seeing, like, how's the community going to respond if we really ramp up the space magic? As I said the other day, they have two roads they can go down. Less magic or more magic. Okay? This feels like more magic to me. Now, it could be a test. They could be testing. What's the community going to respond to three weeks of more magic what's the, what's the response going to be and they may tweak it and say okay this is what it looked like this is what player behavior looked like this is what play sessions looked like this is what these players engagement looked like prior to the revelry this is what it looked like during the revelry and then they're going to weigh that and say do, do we think more magic is the right road to take and if it is the right road to take how far do we want to how far do we want to take this it could possibly be part of the experimentation and the evolution that they're working on. They're always kind of analyzing how players respond to things. This could be another one of those moments. Scam Jones. Since Reverly is pretty much the end of the line for Season of the Drifter, what's your overall feeling for it? Exotic weapons content? Drifter's been, 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 a, been a, a fumble. It's not been good. Prime is not, is not a great game mode. It appeals to people who like Gambit. They didn't change it that much. It still was very much hinged upon first invasion. Full invader sets are freaking broken and way too strong. Um, it's just, it's not a good game mode. And Reckoning just sucks massively. Bad design, bad reward structure, not fun content. You know, and the player base numbers just totally agree with me here. The general consensus is that Season of the Drifter has not gone over that well. And we anticipated this. I said in December or November, yeah, Season of the Drifter will probably be the weakest point in the annual past. They're centering it around Drifter. It'll probably center around Gambit. We were given assurances that it wasn't all Gambit, but it kind of is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's it's fallen flat. And that was to be expected. I think that, you know... I don't think they look at what other companies do, but I think they looked at E3 and said March first quarter is going to be really jam-packed. They're going to have Anthem. There's going to be Division. There's going to be a whole host of other games. And I think they also said from a business standpoint, we need the final piece of the annual pass to probably be the best piece. To reestablish, reinvigorate the base, get everybody satisfied so that whatever they announce for September, we feel like, yes, you guys really nailed it. Opulence has been amazing. So, Drifter being weak was sort of by design and something that we all anticipated. 
Evil the Waffler. Off topic, what do you think about using Bright Dust to pull random rolls out of the collection if you've earned the item before? Um, I could be okay. I could be okay with this. I think. Um, the real slim, uh, Haiti. Very out of the loop and haven't played since Forsaken. Which expansion are we expecting next and when? Uh, this summer is going to be called Season of Opulence. Uh, it's just Josh now. Do you think Bungie should focus more on dungeons with less focus on strikes in future installments? Uh, I don't think these things are mutually exclusive. I think they both have a place in the game. BX Lazy. What's your thoughts on future raids in terms of length and gear? Gear needs to be significantly better. We need the currency system from Wrath of the Machine with the optional chests, the ability to re-roll. We need to be able to run the raid more than three times with the option to open chests intentionally with keys that we make from resources in the raid that allows you to get non-powerful gear to farm for the rolls on armor that you want. Um, maybe even do maybe even do that instead of re-rolling the armor. That might be better. You make the key, you go to the chest that you know can drop gauntlets, and you just do that all week long. Um, and they need to go back to the difficulty spectrum of King's Fall. The difficulty spectrum of King's Fall was perfection. They designed hard first, and they whittled it down and made it a little bit easier for normal. I think that switch from normal to hard is one of the best examples of how you can make difficult content and not have it be false difficulty, not have it be relying on lazy freaking delta scaling, but actually making complex pain points that need to be managed and mitigated. I think King's Fall's transition from normal to hard is beautiful. I think Wrath of the Machine logistically speaking, internally speaking, the gear, the economy, the re-rolling, the extra chest, Wrath of the Machine is the best raid in Destiny. King's Fall, if King's Fall's gear was 10 out of 10 gear, nothing would beat King's Fall. Nothing. Um, but the gear was kind of ho-hum. You could buy a better scout from Dead Orbit that was better than all the primaries in King's Fall. Uh, Big bad guy with two months. We had a bunch of subs that I missed. I'm sorry. Danny DeVito with a prime sub. Chando69 with a four-month sub. DL Blacks with seven months. And I think Tate with ten months. Thank you. Uh, M3 Voodoo. Any speculation on how Bungie will strip us of our weapons and powers in D3? Yeah, time travel. I think the stranger's going to come back. I think she's going to come back and we're going to time travel and we can't take anything with us. That's how they'll do it. I that'd be that'd be cool. Or the leaks about the veil. I don't know maybe they could do something. Maybe our weapons are ineffective on the veil and we need to farm for new weapons. Uh, or they could again use the stranger to come back we time travel to stop the veil. I don't know. You can't blow up the tower again. That that would be kind of funny. That'd be kind of cheesy. Um, I honestly don't know now in light of the leaks. I might have to adjust my theory and my prediction. In light of the leaks, would time travel with the stranger square with the leaks? I don't think they would. I don't. I don't think they would. Uh, revenge. Do you think we will have to pay for the annual pass? Oh yes, hundred percent. How else do you expect Bungie to make money? Bungie has operating costs, man. If they're making content and giving it to you, you gotta pay for that. Evil the Waffler. I understand why you take Masterwork cores out of Infusion, but I'm a hardcore player and 50-60 cores a week. 300 plus items Masterworked. What else can they use them for? Enhancing perks. Any Triumphs in Destiny account-wide? Oh, are Triumphs account-wide? Yes. Uh, unless it's for a Warlock. You know, obviously. That's, that can't be account-wide. Um... 
What if uh, it's the end and they blow up the, uh, not only the tower, but the entire solar system? Yeah, I mean, they could show up. The veil could show up and be the reason for time travel. Like, they could destroy everything and put us on a completely different timeline somehow or something. I don't know. Um, I've heard from lore videos that the veil and the darkness kind of suck the light out of us or something. Yeah, but that's what Gaul did. You think they're going to do that again? That'd be kind of lame. Uh, Renax. Do you think Bungie should prioritize Titan subclasses for buffs since have multiple Titans on a fire team? It's harder PVE. Yeah, Titans really, uh, they suck in PVE right now. They just do. They, they need a lot of help. The Doomfang Pauldrons, Doomfang Pauldrons bottom tree is really fun. Other than that, Titans are kind of weak in PVE right now. Evil the Waffler. I enjoy PvE and PvP, but what game is an online setting has not had to change PvP? Call of Duty and Overwatch and others have had to make changes like Destiny. It's just never been the same, though, dude. I mean, Overwatch... Overwatch... Did I skip your question, King K? Oh, I'm sorry. King K said, I checked out a bit of Revelry last night. Seems pretty alright. Wasn't actually surprised the armor set has random rolls for everything, including the main stat perk. Uh, Was also surprised... Well, that's a new thing that they changed. All armor does that. Uh, was also surprised that the package from Ava uh, was for one item and not a package. How is this event compared to Festival of the Lost? I think Festival of the Lost was better. I think Festival of the Lost was better, but they still both had the same issue. The main grind was for a currency and triumphs to get one gun. They both fall in the same pit. Um, now, back to the question about like Overwatch and other games have had changes. Number one, Overwatch has dedicated servers. Number two, I don't think Overwatch has gone through the same amount of failed experimentation for competitive that Destiny has over the years. Now, I've not played Overwatch competitive, so I can't speak exhaustively here, but I I know that plenty of people have played Overwatch over the years and have grinded rank, and they complain about some of the rules with respect to like grinding rank and getting set back and stuff, but as far as balance goes, I don't know if I've ever seen an overarching narrative about Overwatch being imbalanced or bad um so I, I don't i don't know exactly if that's a fair comparison bungie has attempted to have pvp for five years and the competitive side has just always faltered always you know i i don't know enough about call of duty and overwatch but i do know the way that they balance and the way that they tweak is just very, very different. Overwatch, they can go into individual classes and tweak their, you know, oh, this is too strong, this is too weak. That's not the same as, like, a looter shooter where the loot that you find and can take into the Crucible can break it. Also, they're not like, oh, hey, we're going to give this character in Overwatch a brand new ult. At least I don't think they've done that. Like, Bungie does that. They're like, hey, you guys get new supers. Um, so, people complain about the Overwatch meta every season with every new hero, but they just keep playing, though. I would say the difference is Overwatch has made it to the main stage with esports and tournaments. Bungie hasn't. Destiny hasn't. So, complaints are going to happen. Has the game evolved to a respectable place? I don't think it has. The big difference is money? Yeah, I don't know. Again, we're comparing things that I'm not equipped to compare. I think people are oversimplifying how often Overwatch and other things 
you know, get tweaked and, and adjusted. Yes, PvP games always get adjusted, but in but in Destiny, there's more than just adjustments, okay? There's more than just adjustments to the meta. They've had all the game modes that I rattle off that didn't do well. So, that hasn't really happened with Overwatch, you know? They maybe have made tweaks to the rules of how the actual game modes go, but, like, Bungie has a laundry list of game modes that they've tried that haven't gone over very well, and they've taken out of the game. Real Slim Haiti, can we agree? Uh, we can agree PvP has problems, but I think we can also agree that if we added trials back into the game, uh, if you played more than quick play and comp, <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. Nope. Too many people just boot up and play. You need a team. There's no matchmaking. A lot of the maps would be terrible for trials, so they'd have to yank a bunch of the maps out. If they bought, brought back 3v3 elimination trials, it would do good the first week maybe second week after that it'd be over it would be over nobody would care engagement would go way down it would not compete at all with quick play and competitive if anything it would have more people probably flooding into competitive on the weekends because they'd be like oh all the sweaties are in trials you know uh Mysteret, why do you think armor set aesthetics changed so much from age of triumph to d1 i um from d1 i feel like the appeal to collect sets isn't like it used to be I think one of the reasons is you don't have intent you don't have like volition over that. I'm trying to think because like you didn't really have volition over the armor in de- in 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 Destiny e Destiny 1 either. Trials kept Destiny alive. I mean, no. It, I like I try I try to suppress laughter every time I read that. That's not true at all. <laughs> no. Um the yeah, because I, I, I remember I remember playing and going for full sets of the raid armor. But what really, really helped land the plane for me was Wrath of the Machine, right? Wrath of the Machine let me grind for armor pieces, but then it let me roll the, gu- the, 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 the gear to the, to the perks that I wanted. So it kept Destiny Live on Twitch. Even that, even that is a difficult case to make, and I'll tell you why. Myself and many other streamers, I started streaming Destiny around Taken King, okay? I built my entire stream and rating system and everything off of raids, not trials. Now, if you're going to be like, well, trials kept the directory alive, Lono, so people were around during the week to watch you. Do you really think the people that watched all weekend long trials wanted to sit around and watch me run King's Fall? <laughs> no. There's been plenty of successful streamers that have maintained strong numbers, got partnered, and did well not building their streams off of trials. So I don't even think you could say trials kept Destiny alive on Twitch. It certainly helped the directory on the weekends and really bolstered it, but there were plenty of people during the week that didn't do PvP, that didn't do trials, that didn't sweat and go super competitive. Um, you know, I also wouldn't say you're as popular as the trial streamers. Well, sure, but then you're then you're speaking to systems and symptomatic things on Twitch. Twitch is centered around PvP games. Look at the top games: Fortnite, Apex Legends, League of Legends, 
Dota, Overwatch, CS:GO. The most watched games are PVP games. So you're 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 establishing at that point something that's symptomatic of Twitch, not symptomatic of Destiny. You're not even you're not even pinpointing a real true difference between me and Real Crafty. Real Crafty is an amazing PVP player which makes him a superstar on this platform, right? That that's not a, that's not a fair comparison. My point is is that Destiny has always had a strong a strong sense of community and viewership centered around not just trials. There's plenty of people that tune in every day, sub and watch channels that don't do anything with trials. So, you know, there's there there is a there's not a there's not a concrete case that can be made that trials kept Destiny alive on Twitch. And internally, if you look at the data for the player base numbers, it certainly didn't keep Destiny alive with the player base at all. It was always the minority. Um uh, are you concerned that there may be a large gap in between the end of D2 and the release of D3? I mean, there could be. There could be. I'm not really concerned about that, though. I want Destiny 3 to be amazing. Captain says, should RNG raid exotics continue in Season of Opulence, or should they bring back raid quest exotics? Yeah, the anarchy... Uh, the anarchy and the 1K voices do, I think, need... To be looked at. I don't think that's the way it should work. It it it's stupid, honestly. At this point, if you run, if you, I just think, honestly, when season of opulence hits, I think one K should be a guaranteed drop from the ribbon from the ribbon room. You're if you don't have one, it should just drop for you. I let's just what the frick are we even doing? If you don't have the anarchy yet, it should be a guaranteed drop at when you complete scourge. I just. It's gotten to the place where it's just absurd, I think. It's just absurd. Crystallize, what would you like to see in a new dungeon after Shattered Throne had such a good release? Um, I don't really worry about the dungeon so much. Those aren't really my, uh, those aren't really my cup of tea. They're not really my cup of tea. And you know what? The more I've thought about the statement that I'm not as popular as the trial streamers, I think there's a laundry list of trial streamers that I pull better numbers than now. There's tons of them. We've had breakout people like Crafty, and I think Giggs does pretty well when he plays Apex and stuff, but there's probably more trial streamers that I have stronger numbers than now, even back then, during the trials era. Um, There were only a handful of trial streamers that could pull stronger numbers than me. So even that statement, I think, is refuted by the facts. If you look at the traditional trials PvP you know, the traditional Trials PvP streamers. We don't even need to really compare ourselves to specific people. I'm just saying, even back then, there were a handful of trial streamers that would pull really strong numbers, and the rest of them, no. There was a couple of all-stars at the top, and then the rest would be below me if I was streaming and running raids. So, I, I just... I wouldn't even I don't even think you can say the trial streamers have been more successful than me. Now, I've pivoted away from being a raid service stream and I think that's helped my channel grow beyond being like you're going to show up and watch raids all day. I think that's helped as well. Like I've evolved the channel. I think some of the trial streams didn't evolve and that hurt them. They just thought they just thought they were going to do another couple years of trials in Destiny 2 and it just didn't happen. Uh it's just Josh now. 
How do you feel about RNG items required for raid seals being obtained? All all raid seals and titles need to be non-RNG based. Mr. Complainy Face. Once a higher level blue engrams are completely useless, we spend a lot of time just deleting them. Any reason they can't just take them off? They did auto-dismantle in Destiny 1 for greens and blues, I think. Um, I think they need to bring that back. Obviously, they may be resetting us at some point to where blues and greens would be needed to be equipped. Um, So maybe that's why they're not auto-deleting right now. Mr. Enigma, if you were asked to consult on future game development decisions, what three changes would you make for PvE? What three changes for PvP? For both sides, dedicated servers. For both sides, dedicated servers. New engine, new engine, and bigger everything. We need bigger environments, bigger worlds, bigger loot pools, bigger pools for the perks themselves. You know, a gun should have like nine perks on it or something. You just you you go you go the distance on all those things. Just make it bigger, and an engine and dedicated servers would let you do would would let you do that. Uh, Tomlinson, do you think they can make D two any more solo friendly like raids? No, raids are never going to be solo friendly, and I don't want them to be solo friendly. Captain one four four four. Should RNG raid exotics continue? Oh, we already answered that one. You submitted it twice. A real slim Haiti. Off topic. Do you still run three raids a week? And D1 running three raids on a Tuesday reset was a given. Can't remember the time I've done this in D2. No, I don't touch the raids. They're not worth it. They're not worth it. It just feels like a gigantic waste of time. What's there to go for? What am I going for? I think I used the raids to level up. And that was it. The last time I ran raids was to level up so that we were ready for Reckoning Tier 2. And then we did the same thing, I think, for Tier 3 the following week. Um, we we that we use the raids to level up. There's no loot worth going for. You have no agency over the armor. I think the armor looks dope. I do. I think the raid armor looks amazing in Scourge. But we just don't have any way of grinding for armor. It's just like, you might get an armor piece. You might get guns the whole time. I mean, I've run the raid and gotten three guns. At Sc- run Scourge and got three guns. And it's just like, cool. You know? I just... It just isn't worth it. Eknor. Do you think for annual pass owners, Season Drifter was lackluster because Revelry is free event for everyone, uh, not much to the season? And do we think market annual pass differently in the future? Well, they definitely tried to blur the line, didn't they, with Season of the Drifter. They jettisoned the name Joker's Wild. You want to know why they did that? So they could make it look like you were getting a whole lot more, and you weren't. Arc Week was a patch, and Revelry is free for everybody. If you remove those from that annual pass schedule that they put out there for Season of the Drifter, the stuff that you actually got that you paid for was Gambit Prime and Reckoning. Reckoning is two different bosses, and Gambit Prime is what, two new maps, and if you don't like the game mode, that's all you got. You didn't get anything. Oh, you got the Allegiance Quest... And the invitations of the nine and the thorn. And th- again, those those aren't that's not really content. Those are quests. Those are one and done. So you, they just in Black Armory you got a raid. You got four different forges. You got Niobe Labs. You know you got I think two different exotics. And then all in and, and all the seasons have pinnacle weapons. So there's no use in saying those. Um, so I feel like they definitely. I feel like they jettisoned the name Joker's Wild. They put it all under the name 
season of the drifter so that they could make it look bigger than it actually was giggity infamous swift as a titan main how would you buff other subclasses the only classes that are okay would be melting point frontal assault bubble uh to feel good right right i I don't know i don't know what the change would be the only way you can make sentinel fun is if there's a lot of ads around you can use them to keep your super going with uh doomfang pauldrons and you go on the lower subclass tree i don't know what you do with hammers i don't know what you do with Code of the Missile's fun, but it's not that effective. I honestly do not have an answer for what they would need to do. I don't always have good suggestions. I always try, if I make a criticism, I try to say, here's what they could do to fix it, and in this case, I don't really have an answer. Um, so, the King Hazi says, do you think it would be good for Bungie to sort of merge Destiny 1 and 2 together? Obviously bringing back past weapons is a small example of this, but do you think adding huge amounts of content from D1 and Raids would be great? Oh, I would love it. Dude, I would love to play King's Fall, Wrath of the Machine, all those raids on the higher frame rate, the higher FOV, and playing it on PC would be a dream come true. We have it on really good authority. It's really difficult for them to bring Destiny 1 content into Destiny 2. Holtzman worked at Bungie for six months. It was a six-month contract, and he has indicated it is very difficult for them to do that. That We can take that to the bank. Uh, we can take that to the bank. So if they're going to bring back content, it's going to be a lot of work. It, it'll be a lot of work for them to do that. So there'd have to be a pretty good reason for them to do it. So... That's going to be the final question. I'm going to keep streaming. If you're here live and you've enjoyed this segment, be sure to push the follow button. That's a free way to support me. That's the little heart button. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.